0: What's up, guys? My name is Lucas. Welcome to Just Being Real, a podcast by a pastor and his wife talking about the journey and being what God called him to be, a pastor. What's up, guys? Glad you guys are here. Hope you like this podcast. Give it a subscribe. Enjoy. woke up this morning uh, and, and started last night, really, and uh, God kind of gave me a vision. And to be honest with you, that vision was this right here, me setting down. This is why I'm setting down. And God really told me, he said, Rod, I want you to I want you to share your testimony with him again. Because I told him, I, I reminded God, you know, it's funny that we remind God of things. And I reminded him, I said, hey, Lord, I've already done that. And he goes, I know. I want you to do it again. I said, you sure? Because I've already done this. He goes, yeah. So for you who have already heard my testimony, I, I, I guess God thinks you need to hear it again. There might be some folks here this morning who's never heard my testimony. And, and I want you to understand what a testimony is. It's not a time to tell you how bad I was and at the last three seconds tell you, but God's good. It's about letting you know that how bad a person could be, God is redemptive. And if He could change someone like me, you have no excuse. He can change you. Many of you know that I was uh, born and raised in, in West Virginia, Mannington, West Virginia. Which I know. It's great. I've got a heckler in the crowd now. It's, it's nice. Now I know what those comedians feel like. Yeah, I'm just teasing. I was born in Mannington, West Virginia. Um, was uh there until the age of 20 something I believe I, of course I was served in the military went into the reserves for uh, eight years but uh, uh, until I moved out in ministry uh, I lived there basically and um, I we were poor when when in my family um, my mom uh, I was around I think 10 or 11 maybe 10 something like that um, my mom took me out of a house, um, and, and I went to live with my grandmother because of my abusive father uh, that my mom didn't really know anything about until one evening when she came home and saw cuts and blood on my back of, of what my dad had let um, take place between me and my brother. My dad, what, it was strange, and, I, and, and by the way, let me just preface this to you. My dad is, is, has passed on. My dad and I have, we made amends uh, and 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 I believe my dad is in heaven. I, I led him to Jesus, so I want you to know that. But when when I was younger, my dad was an alcoholic, and um, when he drank beer, he was a sappy person. But when he drank whiskey, he was a mean one. And uh, my dad used to make me and my brother fight, and uh, fight as in you know wrestle around and this. And it was just I guess it was entertaining to him. I don't know, but but my brother would get mad because I was three years older than him, and I of course I could. You know whipping, and uh, when we were younger, and so he would pick up these toys and and anything he could, he'd get mad at me, throw them at me. Um, well, we had to, now I don't know if you guys remember, but we had we had like Tonka truck, fire trucks, and stuff like that in the old That's metal, that's sharp pointed. They did, they would not pass OSHA today, you know, for kid toys. Um, and so uh, you know it, to get out of the way of those, sometimes I just had to turn. And, and I'd get hit in the back, and you know, I had these cuts and everything. And, and, um, and I think I've shared the story with you that, that the night before, my mom, the night of my mom finding out what, what was going on, because uh, I never told my mom, because I was threatened. If you tell your mother any of this, you know, there'll be consequences. And so, um, so I was, you know, I, I just never told anybody. And, and the night that my mom came home, uh, she, uh, I, I made sure she saw me. And uh, she saw my back, and, and that was the last night I'd ever spent a night with my father ever again. And um, so I, I had a lot of hurt. I had a lot of anger. I had a lot of hate in me. Can you imagine being 10 years old, pointing the finger at your dad as he stands up on the upper level of the staircase? His mom's taking you out, and you point to him, and you say, when I turn 18 years old, I'm going to kill you. That's how much anger I had. And I, I wish I could tell you that, man, I, I was able to overcome that myself. And sur- I succumbed it and, 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 you know, suppressed it. And I didn't, I didn't, you know, it never came out or anything, but it did. I was an angry boy going through school. I, 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 I Listen, I had things that were done to me that wasn't right. I had things that were said to me that wasn't right. They were were demeaning. They were, you know, having your father say to you that you're worthless, that you'll you'll never amount to anything. And, and, you know, having those kind of things say it to you, it really takes a toll on you as a kid. And this is kind of the lifestyle that I led. And I'm here to tell you today, though, that my mom, my mom got us out of there. My mom did what she needed to do. To protect me. And to protect my brother and sister as well. There were other uh, uh, abuses that my dad had done. And I don't need to go into detail about that with you here today. But I just want you to know that the childhood that I had was very, uh, up to the the, the age of 10, was pretty abusive. And then you go into teenage years. Aren't those fun? I was angry. I, I, I really took the aggression out on the football field. I mean, I was, I was a senior year in high school. I was 150 pounds soaking wet and I'm out there hitting boys way bigger than me. And I wanted to hit them harder than I was ever going to be hit. I just, my aggression, my anger was coming out through that. And then I will tell you that, you know, I, I, I wasn't the, uh, the, the most, uh, um, respective of, of, of a young man to women as you probably should have been in high school. And, uh, I looked at women a lot of the times. I mean, they were pretty. I liked them and everything. But these young ladies, I, I really was almost looking at them as, what 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 could they do for me? How can they satisfy me? And and uh, once I got um, out of uh, high school and and uh, I, I was uh, starting to go into college and I was um, working at a grocery store. I had uh, I had met this girl there. I went out on a date with her and um, the. The, the, the first night that we went out, uh, we were intimate, and uh, I got her pregnant. And so all of this leading through my childhood, my teenage years, up to this moment is, is you know, I wasn't, I didn't, I, would, I never looked at myself like this heathen, I never looked at myself as this, this, this murderous person or something, this horrific kind of, you know, Ted Bundy kind of person. But, but I knew that the, the kind of person I was, was, was one that was not whole. I wasn't whole. I was hurting. I was weak. I was looking for things to satisfy me. I tried all these methods and, 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 and situations. And I, I ended up getting this young girl pregnant. And we decided we're going to do the right thing. And we're, we're, we're going to get married. That's what we're going to do. And, and I don't know who told me that was the right thing. My mom didn't tell me that. I just felt like that was the right thing to do. And so we got married. My daughter's born. And I want to tell you something. If you've never, and you will here shortly. When you experience that birth, it changes you. It changes you forever. You, ne- you never forget the birth of your child. Never. And I remember her coming into that, that world, and I'm telling you, she rocked my world. Daddy's little girl. Oh, man. And I knew then, I was going to be the best dad that I could ever be for her. And how I was going to do it, I was going to be the total opposite of the way my dad was. He did this, I'm doing the opposite. He said this, I say the opposite. That's how I was going to parent. That's how I was going to be. My daughter's six months old and my wife walks in the door one day after work and I don't know what, why, how, whatever was going on. I don't know. But all I know is is that she walked in and she said to me, she goes, I don't want to be married anymore. And she picked up my daughter and walked out the door. And I remember looking in the mirror months later. And I turned into the very person I swore I'd never be. My dad. Because I was going out every other weekend that I didn't have my daughter and I was drinking. I was getting drunk. I wasn't drinking to, to, you know, because I liked the taste. I was drinking because I wanted to get drunk. And so here I am. I'm I'm a drunk. I'm a divorcee. I'm a part-time dad. The one who I was running from, the one who I said I would never be like, I will be the total opposite of him. And here I was looking in the mirror and I saw him. And I'm here to tell you this morning, it rocked me. It rocked me. So I ended up having, uh, as I was going to work, I started, uh, I had a person that was befriending me and she was a pastor's wife at a local Nazarene church in Mannington, West Virginia. And she just started talking to me. She didn't come up and say, hey, do you know Jesus? Because <laughs> I probably would have just... But I'll be honest with you. See, I was trying everything else. I was trying to do it this way. I was trying to do it that way. I was trying to fill the holes that were inside me. I was trying to take away the pain myself. I was trying to get rid of that. I was trying to work it all myself. I was trying to do it all myself. I was putting everything into my hands saying, okay, I can do this. I can defeat this. I can beat this. Don't tell me I can't do something because I'm going to go do it then. And, and all of this stuff was just weighing heavily on me. And I'm searching. I'm trying to find answers. I'm trying to figure out why in the world did my wife just leave me? Why in the world am I in the position I'm in right now? Why, 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 why? I, I just was searching for the answer of the question, why? And I remember her coming up and just starting to talk to me. And she was a nice lady. She really was. She had this kind of southern drawl to her. I I like that. I was like, I just love this lady. Started becoming friends with her. And she found out that I played guitar. I don't know how she found out, but she did. And so one Sunday morning, afternoon, I'm sorry. It was a Sunday afternoon. No, it it wasn't Saturday. Saturday she comes in. She goes, hey. She goes, we're having a sing-spiration at our church Sunday night. Why don't you come and play us a song? I was like, I don't, I don't know any hymns. Amazing Grace. It, everybody knows Amazing Grace, right? But I don't know Amazing Grace. I don't learn on the guitar. I was like, I don't I don't know any hymns. And she goes, Do you know anything, any song just about God? I said, Yeah. She goes, play that one. And she leaves. She doesn't ask me what song. She doesn't say Hey, you know, send me the words. I'll prove it. But, you know, she just walks out and leaves. So I I, uh, get off work. I get a hold of my buddy, one of my best friends, Bo. And I said, hey, you're going to church with me Sunday night. He goes, where are we going? (laughs) We're going to church. What are we doing there? I said, I'm going to sing a song. He goes, all right, I'm in. I wanted Bogle going with me just in case it got rowdy. You know what I mean? <laughs> so we get out of there. I was looking for the doors, you know. And so uh, so we go to church that night. And I don't know, has any of you been to a Singspiration? Raise your hands. Have you sang at one or, or played a guitar or anything at one? Yeah, right? right. You go there, you just sign your name up. Say, sign your name up on the list. And, and, and you just, you know, in order. And so you, when you look, you know, okay, I'm after this person. And so... Um, Rick Lambert was kind of emceeing it that night. Now, you guys don't know who Rick Lambert was or is, but Rick Lambert's the guy that he, he, uh, he's got kind of this voice almost like Elvis, you know, when he sings. And uh, he's a really cool guy. Well, Rick um, Rick's emceeing the whole thing. He so, said, well, next up is, is, a, is a guy from, the home, from this town. His name's Rodney Kincaid. He's going he's gonna to sing us a song. Up to that point, nobody has asked me what song I'm singing. And so I get up there, and I play this song by Garth Brooks called Unanswered Prayer. Many of you know that song? Yeah. It's in the hymnal book somewhere, I, I believe. 342, something like that. I don't know. It's not in there. I end up, I, I, I'm done with the song. Man, they, they applaud. Matter of fact, I, I think They stood. I come down off the platform and after the service is over, I mean, they just, they hugged me and they loved me. Not one person said to me, how dare you sing a country bar song in a church? Nobody said that to me. What they said to me was, is that Rob, that was really good. It's good to have you here. Let me tell you what I was missing in my life. And let me tell you, and, and by the way, moms, you can love your kids, but let me tell you what we think when you do that. You're supposed to. Right? It's just a given. When your mom says, oh, but I love you. Well, of course, mom. What are you going to say? Hey, Rod, can't stand you. <laughs> right? Your moms don't say that, right? So when your mom says, I love you, Listen. We get it, but something happens when you hear a group of people or when you hear a couple people outside of your family look at you and say, you know what, Rob, we love you. And that's what that church said to me. They said, we love you. Now, like I said, I've heard it all my life from my mother, and I believe it, my mom loves me. I'm her favorite, by the way, don't tell the other brothers and sisters. But I was missing in my life true, authentic love from people that I believe expressed to me they wanted to have a friendship with me. And, and I started watching them. Now, I want you to know in the store that I work, um, that it seemed like every person in that building, except me and, and my beer drinking buddy that worked with me, he, he and I were the only ones, everybody else was a Nazarene. Everybody else went to that Nazarene church, except me and him. And we were really good at making fun of them. I mean, we were hard on them. Until after I went to that church that night. And something clicked in me. Just by an innocent invitation to a singspiration, my life was changed. I started going to church there, and uh, I I wasn't sure what I was doing, uh, all of that good stuff. I, I started going to a Sunday school class with a bunch of folks that were my age, except they were all married, my my, by the way, my, I have my sister-in-law here with us today, Sherry, uh, Shelly's sister. And her and her husband was in that class. Uh, my other sister-in-law and her husband was in that class. I, I, there was other people that, you know, married couples. I'm the only single guy basically there. And then all of a sudden, I started, as I'm attending there, there's this other girl that starts coming. And she's she's... I have to say it it's, it's my testimony. <laughs> she was engaged to some other guy but he didn't attend that church. Matter of fact, he didn't he didn't go to that church. He kind of didn't have that same belief. And so I I noticed her and we started I started hanging out with all of them. And she started hanging out with all of them. Of course she did because it was her sisters. And so we meet in this Sunday school class and we we I was there probably about a year. I think she was there about a year. And um And then um, she, long story short, she eventually breaks off this engagement to this guy. Later on, we find out it's because of me. (laughs) I found that out like last Tuesday. But anyway, it was just purely. um, But uh, so we, we, uh, we, we, uh, I asked her out. August 10th, or April 10th was our first date. April 7th, I asked her out. April 10th was our first date. We went to a martial arts tournament I was in. <laughs> Guys, it was awesome. Yeah, I got disqualified, excessive, yeah, contact. I was showing off. And I knew that night that I was going to marry her. And we have celebrated just uh, last Christmas Eve 25 years of marriage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But in the process of that, I came to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I remember the night that I did that. And it was before her and I dated. Um, I'm at home in my house. I I just, earlier that day, had hung up the phone for my ex-wife, who was giving me a lot of trouble. I was broken. I was lost. I was hurting. I was going to church, and I was listening to the preacher preach, and I was I was soaking it all in. I was like, I want to know more about this. My thought process was this: basically this. Look, I tried everything else. I still had a void in my life. I tried everything else. I tried the alcohol. It didn't work. By the way, if you think alcohol is going to fix it, it's not going to fix it. I tried it. It didn't work. I, I tried all the other, I tried to, 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 to whatever, to feel what was missing within me. And I couldn't feel what was missing in me. I couldn't, I didn't understand. So my whole thought process was this. Okay, I've tried everything else. Why not try Jesus? I mean, this is the one I was making fun of all my life. I truly was. I made fun of people who went to church. I made fun of people who said they worship Jesus. I, I was scared to death to, to go into a church and see people raise their hands. They freaked me out. I was ready to go to the door and find the exit and get out of there. I, I, but I tried everything else in my life and it didn't work. Look where I was at in my life. I was lost. I was broken. I was hurting. I needed help. Folks, we are surrounded by people today who need help. And I'm telling you, alcohol is not it. Drugs is not it. Sex is not it. The only thing that's going to fill that thing is Jesus Christ. And that's who I turned to that night. Laying on my couch. No preacher there. No TV. I couldn't afford it. I was. There's nobody there. I remember it was a lamp. It was dark out, it was a lamp by my couch and I'm laying on that couch and I'm hurting, I'm broken. I'm 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 just just and my wits in, my mind. I'm lost and I finally started remembering what the preacher was preaching on and how he told me he said all you got to do is call out to Jesus. Church, it's that simple. And that's exactly what I did. I called out to Jesus. I said Jesus, if it's true what this preacher's been saying, what I've been hearing, I'm 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 here, I'm broken, I'm lost, I need you in my life. I'm I, I I've tried everything else and it's not working. So please forgive me of all my sins. And trust me, there was a lot. So please forgive me of all of that. And and Jesus, I'm just gonna ask you now, just Come and dwell inside because I need you. And he did. He did. And I'm, oh, amen. Look, I, I'm not going to try to, I'm not, I don't want to freak you out. I'm not trying to get mystical on you. I'm just going to tell you what happened. As I'm laying on that couch and as I cried out to God, and as God heard me in His faithfulness, He came to me, and He re- re- received my request and entered into me. I'm here to tell you, it, it was interesting, because what I saw from me as I laid on that couch was a silhouette of my body. And it went up into the ceiling and disappeared. And I had a peace come over me like I cannot explain to you. I just know, whoo! It was good. And, and I think back on that the whole thought process about seeing the silhouette of me leaving and entering into that ceiling and, and, and dissipating from it. I thought, you know what? Isn't it, isn't it just like God? Because you think about it. When you ask God to take something from you and take it, when you're, when you're trying to remove something from you, if you've got a jacket on and you want to remove that jacket from you, what happens to that jacket when you remove it? it'll fall to the ground, right? I mean, it's just gravity. It falls downward. This didn't. When it was removed, it raised. You know what it said to me? He took it. He took it from me. He took that from me. And I want to tell you that from that moment to the man you see today has been a phenomenal journey i have seen god do so many great things but i've seen him restore me i've seen and i have felt his presence with me in moments and in times when i have been scared when i have been fearful of things and god has come on the scene every time he has guided me. He has directed me. He has reminded me that He is my Savior. He is my Lord. He is He has guided my path. He has brought into, this, into my life a wonderful woman of 25 years. We have three beautiful kids, two together, and then we have a daughter that, by the way, right now, we, we probably have the best relationship with our daughter right now that we've ever had. And I couldn't tell you that four years ago. But you know why? Because of Jesus. Not because Rod tried to fix it. Not because Rod tried to get in there. What we did is we just surrendered her to Jesus. We have got two awesome boys that we are so proud of. God has blessed us. Now I want to tell you something. It hasn't all been smooth sailing. We've had our moments. There are moments where my wife does not like me so trust me that we all will have those things but i'm here to tell you this morning as a testimony for to god of what he's done in my life he has saved me i would know without a shadow of a doubt that if something happens to me today i'm going to heaven my the next moment i open my eyes i see jesus I know that without a shadow of a doubt. I rest in that. I have peace in that. I have comfort in that. And it's all because of this one name, Jesus, who entered into my life. But you know what he did for me? He restored me. He made me whole again. He took away my pain. He took away confusion. He took away hurts. He took away habits. I can't tell you the last time I drank a beer. I just know there was a last time. I can't tell you the last time I rubbed snuff. By the way, that's disgusting. I can't believe I did that. But I can't tell you the last time. I can't tell you the t- last time I said a cuss word. By the way, hell doesn't count because that's in the Bible. We would say hell. That doesn't count. Right? But if you use it the wrong way, it does count. Bad word. But you get my point? I can't tell you any of those things. I just know he took it from me. That's what God does for you. See, I stopped saying, hey, God, I know how to fix all this. Just need your stamp of approval. No, I stopped saying all of that. What I started saying is, God, I have no idea how to do this. But you do. I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm in. I think somebody needed to hear this today. I think there's some people here today. You are hurting. You feel lost. You feel broken. You're confused. I want you to know that the one who picked me up and restored my soul, the one who's given me hope. In the future, as it says in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope in the future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. Yes, Lord, you heard me. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Yes, I did. And yes, you did. He says, I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. And I just say, praise God. I'm free. I'm free. Oh, does Satan still tempt and try and mess with me? Oh, yes, he does. And you know what I do? I rebuke him. I said, get out of here. I don't, I'm not entertaining this anymore. I've lived that. I don't want that anymore. I know what you have done. I remember, I'm telling you, I remember the time I gave my life to Christ as if it was just yesterday. It is so real to me as if it was just yesterday. Because I recite it. I remind myself. Because you know what the enemy tries to do? Are you really saved? And you know what I get to say? Yes. And I can take you back to the moment it happened. So get out of here. In the name of Jesus. See, what, what Christ has done for me, and what He's done for all of us, is He's given us back the authority. We don't have to listen to that stuff anymore. We don't have to partake in that. The one who died on the cross for us for you and for me has now restored us to all we have to do is cry out to him, he forgives us, and now we have been given back the authority, and we all, all we have to do is say, Satan, be gone in the name of Jesus. Because I have authority over you now by the one name Jesus. And that's what's happened to me. I am so thankful. I'm so thankful for what God has done in my life. But I believe there are some here this morning that you have been fed a bunch of lies. You don't maybe think highly of yourself, which is a lie. God values you. He loves you. And he wants to make you whole again. I know the biggest thing that I struggled with was thinking that God loved me. Because I knew me. I knew how I thought. I knew the things that I thought when nobody else would hear it. I knew the things that that would happen in the darkness that I was doing that nobody knew. So the thought of God loving me was hard but I'm here to tell you this morning it's not anymore he loves me and he loves you